0: How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but yeah. they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. When where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. All right, happy Wednesday everyone. Apologies for starting a little bit late today, but we're still going to get all that great content in, so I'll just cut down on my intro stuff that I do each time so we can dive into the main topic. So today we're gonna to be discussing how to make a full-time income from part-time work. So when I have this conversation with people, they always say, Oh, that's the American dream, or you know, they just find some way to downplay the validity of that topic. And it's something that you really don't understand it until you do it. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna break down exactly how to do that. And we're gonna we're gonna discuss multiple ways. So I mean, I'm gonna let let my, my guest share her her expertise on this matter, and I'll fill in the blanks where where needed. But for for those of you tuning in, if this is something that that you're interested in, you're you gonna want to see this all the way through. You know, so one thing I, I hear people say, you know, an hour is a long time. I'm like, come on, people spend three hours watching football, they spend hours binge watching stuff on Netflix. Like, we're gonna show you something here that can absolutely change the direction of, of your life if you take in these principles. So. If you're here, like stay for the whole time, or stay for as long as you can, and make sure you come back and finish finish it up, because we're gonna be dropping some serious golden nuggets here today, so you don't want to miss it, All right? So, without further ado, because I don't I don't want to shortchange any of her time, so my guest, who is she? She is an author. She's an attorney for small businesses and real estate investors. She's the host of the iTunes podcast Lifestyle Solopreneur, where she discusses how to make a full-time income from part-time work. So welcome to the show, Flavia Barris.
1: Hey, Robert. Good to be here this morning, uh, bright and early for me on the West Coast, and uh, excited to talk to your audience and to chat with you about all things uh, solopreneurship.
0: Yes, absolutely, and out there in Southern California, huh?
1: Out here in sunny Southern California, although uh, it's it's a misconception. It's pretty common though that the weather is always perfect. I'd say it's perfect only maybe ninety percent of the time.
0: But oh, I only can't ninety. That. That's it. <laughs> That's like our whole summer. I know. I know. Yeah, My whole I summer know. Is, it's mild for I six weeks. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I can't complain. But, you know, I'll tell you, my husband, Um, he's from more of a four season climate and he misses fall and winter and spring Um, because he's like, you know, this whole endless summer thing. It's just a little weird. So, you it, know, it's he not perfect.
0: gladly take my place. Gladly. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over the four seasons.
1: <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, especially at this time of year. You're probably like ready. You're ready for spring.
0: Yes, it, it's it's actually been pretty mild these last couple days, so can't complain okay. now. But I'm sure old man winter isn't done because he never goes away this early. Never. <laughs> oh, all well. right, all right. So let's dive in. So just in sixty seconds or less, who is Flavia Barris?
1: Sure. So um, I guess a way to describe myself is a reformed workaholic. You know, it's uh, oh, yes. workaholism is is real. <laughs> it's probably like any addiction. Um, I'm a hard worker. I used to take a lot of pride in the fact that I could pull a twelve hour day and um, you know have done a good job for my clients. I was a lawyer at a really, really huge law firm where they sort of you know expected that from you. It was part of the bargain of working there that you'd work uh, long hours and pretty much be on call weekends, evenings, um, when the work needed you. and I, I really at the time had no issue doing that. i was I was young. I was, you know a new attorney and Um, a go-getter and was making great relationships within the firm and I actually felt quite successful because a lot of people were trusting me with with the work and and when you do a good job uh, the reward is usually more work if you're good at what you do everyone wants you to do more of it for them and so there's this like work creep that happens when you're successful bottom line because I want to keep it to 60 seconds is I had a huge epiphany um, I realized I wasn't there for my family, and um, there was one evening where you know my family needed me, like truly emotionally needed me. Um, so a, a family member, and it was like eight nine p.m. and they were like, "Can you come over?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna be here at my desk till eleven p.m." I mean, I've I've just got this thing to get out the door, and um, and I felt helpless in that moment and not in control of my life, and that's when I made a big shift.
0: Yeah dropped a whole lot right there while we're trying to speed, right, speed, right. To keep up with you. (laughs) All right. So let's take it, let's take it back to, to the early days. Like what, what was your initial dream job when you were growing up?
1: I wanted to be an author as a kid. And then that morphed into wanting to be an entrepreneur. And my first uh, venture out of college was to start my own business it was a, a magazine that I was publishing, and I did that for a couple of years, uh, learned a lot. You know, a lot of times the best school is just doing things and, and learning that way. And that's what I did. In retrospect, I I messed it up. I mean, there's certain way if you want to become a magazine publisher, um, learning on the job is probably not the way to do it. But I went for it because I thought that was a way to to combine a, writing and authorship and the literary world with a career that would be self-directed and I'd have control over my own schedule and my own job. And and it's true to a degree, but um, the way I fell down on that was I just didn't hire anyone. I didn't delegate. I was trying to do ad sales and the writing and, uh, you know, handle distribution and all of it. I was a, a one woman show, which in some ways I still am, but I have learned over the years to expand and to trust others to be part of my team, which is really important. And that's a huge uh, tip for any entrepreneur. If you feel uh, work creep is starting to happen, you probably need to expand your team.
0: Absolutely, all right. So we're, we're gonna circle back to that after. So I wanna go back into you being a workaholic. Cause I hear this a lot from people and they say it in a positive light. And, you know, 20, 20 years ago, I was the same. Like I was working two full-time jobs, working anywhere from 80 to 90 hours a week. And just cause you're told, you know, if you, if you want to make it, you got to put your head down. You got to put in work, you got to work 16 hour days. You got to never sleep. And, and that's what you do. So like being a workaholic was like a really good thing. And then now that I'm in, I'm 46 years old now, and now I'm realizing you know I can accomplish a whole lot more in a whole lot less time, (laughs) you know. And that's something that I feel people have a hard time grasping that concept.
1: It's a societal thing. I think um, celebrating the hustle and um, being really proud of working long and hard and um, putting your whole soul and time into a business that does get celebrated, and there. That's something that is seen as a positive by a lot of folks. And that's fine right. too. I don't think that um, it's not black and white where it's, you know, uh, very clear where that line is drawn between overwork and underwork and just right. You know, it's yeah. this isn't like a Goldie Bears story where like, oh, that porridge is too hot. This one is too cold. This one is just right. Because I think for everybody there's gonna be a different balance and not just for each person, but also for each person at a different time in their life because yes. Uh, You know, when you don't yet have a significant other or um, and your health is good and, you know, you you're fully capable of working 12 hour days, maybe in that time of your life, that is for the best. And that's great. And um, if you're not feeling overworked, then that means you're not overworked. But, you know, at a different time in your life, you may have other demands. You may have family demands. Maybe your health can't support that lifestyle anymore. Maybe you have other hobbies you want to take up or a different direction you want to go in your work and that's when you have to sit and take stock and actually be strategic about where you know the sand in your hours you know the the sand in your um in your clock is dripping and like what you're doing with those minutes that you can't get back
0: yes it's like where it switched for me i remember i was i was managing at a tgi fridays so i had gotten promoted to kitchen manager and, you know, my pay went up, bonus stru- structure went up, and I was all proud of myself. I remember going to see see my parents, and I'd tell, tell my dad, I'm like, hey, guess what? I'm like, like you know, I'm got a base salary of $60,000, you know, like 20-some odd years ago, went a lot further than now. And without missing a breath, he's like, if they're paying you that much, what's what's the GM making? What's the what's his boss making? What's the CEO making? You know, he's, he's like, you're going to celebrate. Th-. And he just like, we just went off on this tangent. I was like- all right, he just completely crapped on my race, <laughs> but 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 it did it did get me to expand my thinking, you know, because like when you're when you're an employee, you don't you don't think that making it to the CEO is realistic at all, or even making that kind of money is realistic at all, and so he he was he was the first one to got me to to see it that way, and then when I went to my first marketing event, just surrounded by people who were just successful, like there was someone there who had a $30 million a year business and they were frustrated because they plateaued. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I was like, and here I am trying to break six figures. <laughs> you know, At, at that time, we we're trying to break six figures. I'm like, this guy's trying to scale up from 30 million. So like, it just, just made us, it's like people are actually doing this. It's possible.
1: Yeah, no, and it's all relative, right? It's all relative. And the person you are today is going to have a completely different mindset than the person you are in 10 years. I mean, we all grow, we all change, uh, or hopefully we do. And, you know, some people don't want to grow and change. They really, they've found kind of their their um, their pace and that's where they want to stay. I know somebody whose dream, whose absolute dream is to make uh, $2,000 to $3,000 passively a month, and um, live on the coast of this European country where the cost of living is pretty low, actually, and you can live right by the beach. And with that amount of passive income, um, she will be able to, this is all she wants in life, is to wake up, walk to the beach, take a walk on the beach, stop at a cafe, have a croissant and a little coffee, uh, read a good book for a few hours, Ah, uh, make a leisurely lunch. You know, like this is her dream, her daily, and and it's not a bad idea to sit down and actually say to yourself, "What would my perfect month look like?" And I think it's easier than saying a perfect day because a perfect day, you know, that's really hard to pin down because obviously your days might have some variety in them. But if you nail down a perfect month, I think that gives you a really good map for what are you shooting for. You know, how many times a week or. You wanting to work out, you know, in a month, how many times ideally do you want to go out to restaurants? And is that your thing? Maybe it's not. Do you want to go to the movies? Um, people don't even really do that right now anymore. But um, and kind of, if you design your perfect month, then you can kind of work backwards and figure out, okay, how do I support that lifestyle? Yes. And and what do I need to earn to support that lifestyle? Because that's that's really your number. Um, and then you can kind of figure out where in that lifestyle a work that you enjoy, that you feel rewarded for, and that would pay you enough to support that lifestyle. Like, where would that come in? Um, And that could be a mix of both passive and active income. I mean, um, you know, I, I don't believe everyone needs to shoot for just passive income and and retire. And now you have a completely blank canvas, do whatever you want. I think having, you know, being in the service industry and in some, to some degree, I mean, I'm a lawyer, I'm a real estate broker. I help people one-on-one still, even with the knowledge I have, I didn't decide to just go hundred percent in the passive income direction and try to, you know, build that to the point where I can completely stop working. And um, that wasn't my goal. It really wasn't because I still love helping people. Like, I enjoy it. I just don't want to do it 12 hours a day anymore.
0: (laughs) Understood. Yeah. And so some of the key things you you said there about joy and rewarding, you know, doing something that brings you joy and that it's rewarding. And then I'll go a step further and add fulfilling, you know, because it's, that's what, that's what it's about. And You said it earlier too, like when you're younger, you don't really think about it too much because it didn't really hit me until I started having children and started missing things. Like, you know, get the text message, so-and-so's teeth broke through or, you know, so-and-so walked from the living room all the way to the bathroom and I'm in in the kitchen, you know, cooking, you know, at the restaurant. Like, and and I just started missing all these things and then started missing the birthday parties or, or arriving late or having to leave early. And then you know, the nights, the weekends, it's like impossible to plan plan a vacation. And then when you can plan it, then the boss wants you to reschedule it because they're short staffed. And and you you said it earlier, I and I felt the same way that I wasn't in control of my life. And that's and I feel like so many people struggle with that. So how how do you help people go through that struggle to get them into believing that they can become an entrepreneur, a solopreneur?
1: Well, in a few ways. So the first is that I found for myself ways to make a more passive income. I'll, I'll give you an example of what happened to me. This is after I had left the, the grind, like the big law firm. So now I was on my own as an attorney, as a what they call a sole practitioner. That's like a solo attorney. Um, exactly. You have your own shop, your own firm, um, but no, no real team, no paralegals, no assistants. It's really just you. Which gives you tons of client contact. When my client calls me, I pick up the phone. Uh, you know, not a receptionist, which is great. And I was I was happy doing that. But I will say, at one point, um, I was seven months pregnant, which gives you about two months to figure out what you're going to do for your own maternity leave, and. Um, what's going to happen and and I was you know I, I don't want to call myself a procrastinator but I had sort of waited until that six and a half seven month mark to really finalize my plans yeah. but my kid decided um, she had plans of her own and she uh, was born I went into early labor two months early and for anyone who's oh, not wow. super familiar with the whole gestation of human babies it's supposed to take nine months not seven so two months short of a you know fully baked kid and uh, super scary, you know, month-long hospital stay. She was in uh, what's called the NICU. It's where premature babies go to kind of finish growing. And I lived at the hospital. The hospital was really nice. They said, hey, we have these uh, sleep rooms. We use them for doctors who are doing overnights. We need to take naps, but we can give you one of those rooms. You can live here. You can live at the hospital and your kid will be half a hallway down. You can come visit as much as you want. You know, be a part of her growth this month that you're going to be here. I took him up on it. Um, the only downside, uh, the hospital had zero. I mean, the Wi-Fi was terrible. Many, um, many websites were blocked, including Gmail. So it was, it really was worthless Wi-Fi. So I, w- I got completely disconnected from the world for a month, and that's when I learned a few things. First, I learned we are all replaceable. Yes. in work not yeah. in personal you know there was no one who could replace me in that NICU room yes. but a hundred lawyers could raise their hand and replace me as an attorney doing legal work I yeah. you know I think I'm this like rock star attorney that does so much for my clients and you know I have all this specialized skill and all this experience and been doing it for years and you know what I'm replaceable and and it was a, an interesting lesson to learn that i can hand all that off to people who do it as good or better than me and and i did so for a full month i was just you know nicu mom just there all day you know sleep wake be with a baby sleep wake eat maybe a little be with a baby and and that's when i figured out one i needed more passive income and not to rely fully on uh earned income you know Time trading—you uh, work an hour, you get paid for an hour. And luckily, at the time, I had some passive income. I had uh, published some materials that were being sold online, so I had royalty income coming in. I—I uh, I had some books, different things. That money kept coming in like clockwork because it didn't need me, you know, tending the garden. I didn't have yes. to. It just sold itself. You know, I'd written a book, I'd put it on Amazon, I self-published it. People wanted to buy it. They found it. They stumbled on it. I didn't even really have to advertise the thing. And and that money came in. Um, it didn't rely on my time. It didn't care that I had zero Wi-Fi. It didn't care that I was in the hospital. It was just hitting my account. And but of course, legal income, you know, money from fees for legal work dried up. I mean, there was very little I did that month, very little. And and that wasn't a sober awakening for me because I realized as well. Look, at some point, either temporarily, like at this point, where you just have to stop working because something happens in your life, or you know, people need to retire at some point. Or if you want to take an extended sabbatical or vacation, yeah. you can't have just one source of income, especially if it's the kind of income that, you know, where you have to tend the garden, you have to be there day, you know, yeah. weeding or whatever and and uh, you know, calling back your clients and and being that. Touch point with your clients. And so for me, I made a huge shift and I decided I would diversify my income into passive and active, and that I would really focus on growing that passive side of my income. And I've been doing that for years now. Both um, I'm a real estate attorney and a real estate broker, so real estate is sort of my, my wheelhouse. And so, of course, you know, when you have a specialized skill, you see every problem. Uh, through that lens. And and that's kind of the direction you want to go for solutions. So I help people, I did it myself, and I help people uh, sell out of a high uh, cyclical real estate market, like here, like in Southern California, and reinvest the money using some tax strategies. And there's, you know, other things you can do um, into more linear real estate markets, where it's more of a hands off, especially for the do it yourself landlords, who want to sell their their rental property in Southern California, which is a very uh, landlord unfriendly state. And if they want to get out of that, you know, showing up to see why the sink disposal is clogged and, you know, doing all the work themselves, selling that property, reinvesting in um, some other areas where you can hire a full-time property, you know, a property manager to do everything for you and, uh, and be a little more hands off. So that's one strategy. And I have implemented that and I've, I've taught, other people and helped clients do that as well. And um, and also with teaching online and becoming an educator and publishing what you know into book form and, uh, and online courses and other ways where you can teach to many uh, by teaching once or writing once, putting it up for sale, and then people can can buy your knowledge from you over time. And I think that is a fantastic way to diversify into passive income. Um, I teach people how to teach online. Uh, Currently, I'm teaching a group of people how to take a fitness studio or a dance company and put those classes and that even one-to-one training online, which is a great way to um, expand your geographic reach. You know, if you used to be a little local ballet studio, well, you know, your reach is kind of the low, the people who can drive to you. But yes. if you take those classes online, all of a sudden, someone in Australia can be taking ballet from you in some other country. For sale. I, mean, I guess you have some time zone issues. But if there's um, some sort of a um, uh, a recorded version of your classes available, then then time time zones become irrelevant. So that's what I do now.
0: Nice. Yeah, and so I want to just clarify for the folks listening. So if you if you don't know what passive income is, it's just another uh, residual stream of income. And uh, I lost I lost the other one. Uh, yeah, and so if 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 you think you're not techie enough or like you have to learn so many other skills. You really don't. There's a couple, there's several freelancer sites out there. Like if you're not good with websites, find someone who can make you a website. If you're not good with writing, find someone that can help you write. (laughs) It's like you just have to have the big idea, something that fuels your soul, that you're passionate about, that you want to take out to the world. And then you're going to start finding people that can help you. It's like, that was one big thing that I noticed making the shift into fitness. Like I I didn't have, I didn't have credit. I didn't have savings. I didn't have any of that stuff, but I knew I was really good at helping people get on track with, with their fitness goals. I was like, so I'm just going to lean into that and then just doors started opening left and right. And, you know, two of my clients ended up coming and helping me fund my, my location. And, uh, and so, you know, so like if you only focus on the things that you're not good at, then you're never going to move forward and you're never going to expand. But if you really lean into what your superpower is, that's when you're going to start finding the other opportunities. And people will come to you and be like, hey, why don't you have a web website? I can build your website. <laughs> it's like they're almost like drawn to you, like law of attraction style.
1: <laughs> true. so true. And we have so many more resources then we think we do. I think it's it's human nature to um, go, go, go until you hit a wall and then to just kind of like scratch your head and like sit down and stare at that wall. But, you know, sometimes you have to just start trying to climb it, trying to bust through it, trying to see if you can go around it. Like, you know, never give up because there's almost always gonna be a solution to an issue or problem or, or some sort of challenge. You just have to be willing to explore it. And then like you said, you have to be willing to ask for help because someone out there knows how to get through that wall. Yep. And they'd probably be more than happy to tell you how and tell you their secret.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. And you know, for people like like us, like we make, we've made businesses in helping other people, <laughs> you know? So you just, people just ha- have to reach out and just find, find someone who's doing or has done what you wanna do and you mirror their habits. Like if you want to learn to, p- to play basketball, you find the basketball player <laughs> you know, to, t- to teach you to play basketball. So if you want to get yeah. better at business, you got to find someone who's doing what you want to do.
1: Yeah. And one step further, if you want to learn how to play basketball, um, someone would think you're pretty silly if you sit there reading a hundred books about basketball and um, and you you're just afraid to even take that first shot. Like you also yeah. have to just get out there and and shoot the ball and yeah, it's not gonna go in the hoop the first time or maybe even the thousands time, but you know, at, at some point you're gonna hit it and, and be consistent and have learned along the way. And uh, I know people who are scared to launch their business cause they're worried they won't get, you know, a ton of sales that first week when they, the very first time they're launching something online, yeah. they're really stressed out that they won't make enough sales to prove their concept. And I wanna, you know, tell them, look, you may not make one sale so then you have to figure out how to do it better next time yes. um, you may hit it out of the park and that's fantastic but you're not going to know which of those is going to happen unless you launch the thing exactly. you can't be tinkering with it in a vacuum without anyone seeing it because really that your best teacher is going to be your client and until you launch something you don't know how people are going to respond to your product uh, you don't know and and you'll be surprised sometimes like you think you know what your client wants and you may want to write a book or a guide or a course aimed at that because that's what you think they want. And then you find out they wanted something that's a 180 completely different or um, or maybe you thought they wanted a course. What they really wanted was a book you know, to get all, all of your information at once in a book form. And so pivot, you know, and, and do more. If we don't try, I mean, the years go by fast. It can be five years with you tinkering with an idea and never having tested or launched it. Do stuff, you know. There's a great author, Seth Godin. I don't know if you're a fan of Seth. Um, just writes amazing books, but he has this concept. He's like, you just have to ship. Like you literally have to get stuff out the door, give it the light of day, and see how it's you know the reception is out there with your clients and with with the market and um and then pivot and go from there and fine tune and learn but you know don't wait until something's perfect to launch even you know the first Apple products they weren't like what they are today <laughs> no, they're yeah, they're not exactly what they are today. And if if the company had wanted to wait until you know the iPhone can do what my iPhone can do today just to launch the thing it would be impossible because the iPhone got to what it is today because there's been so many iterations and so many people complaining about things or, you know, being happy about other things. And and all of that feedback has actually fine tuned and refined the product to what it is today. And it'll continue to get refined yeah. over time.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Apple, remember when the iPad first came out? Yes. Rigged through the mud with negative reviews and people yeah. thought it was going to be the biggest flop. And now you see them everywhere. Absolutely everywhere.
1: <laughs> I do remember. Yeah, no, it was. And Could you imagine if Apple had said, ooh, a few people said this is a bad idea. Let's just shelve it. Because I know people who have ideas for businesses and one family member tells them, well, that's going to be a flop. And and they just tail between their legs, you know, cry it out and just shelf that dream. And that is sad. And, you yes. know, you can't do that. Yeah, you and can't. What-
0: and one of my mastermind groups it's about making facebook ads so we pick you know a different theme each week and we'll sit there and he'll he'll give us the framework and then we'll we'll write up our ads and then we go into breakout rooms and we share with each other and so this one woman shares hers and six of us gave a thumbs up one person gave a thumbs down and she zeroed in on that one thumbs down and so i had chimed in i was like what about the six of us that liked it you know it was like what why aren't you asking us what did you like about it so you know so you could take the notes and expand on that i mean yeah you you know it's good to get the negative feedback as well but she just zeroed in on that one guy that was like i don't like it you know because one thing yeah. you have to understand in the business is not everyone's gonna like you not everyone's gonna like your style like for me, I'm brash, and I know I'm brash, and I know that doesn't work, if work for someone who's who's more of a, an emotional type person. My style's not gonna gonna mesh with them, which is fine. You're not my target market, <laughs> you know. So yeah, yeah. But but it did take me a while to build that confidence when I first started because I was used to always having someone to fall back on in the corporate world. I, I'm like, hey, just call corporate then, you know. <laughs> So now uh, I, I'm corporate. So <laughs> it me now. so it did take me a while to develop that thick skin. But once you realize that you lean into the ones who do support you, you'll start thinking less and less about the ones who don't.
1: It's true. And, you know, you will I, I will uh, break the suspense here. You will never please everybody. No, like there is no product in the world that has a unanimous you know, top star rating from anyone and everyone who's ever tried it. It is actually, if you ever need uh, to feel better about maybe a bad review or something that you received, um, I encourage everyone listening to go and find your favorite product, like something that you own, that you love, like you just think it's amazing. It could be a gadget. It could be a book that you think is just fantastic And, and go to the Amazon page and read the reviews and go zero in on the one-star reviews. There's probably one or more one-star reviews, right? Uh, maybe a two-star review, and read it and realize, wow, they're, we're all different. I think this thing is, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, and this other person is criticizing every little thing about it. Um, someone I know, a marketing guru, uh, did this exercise, and he did it on, on the presentation, you know, the big screen, and he put up I think he put up the book. Uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, Good Night Moon, which is just this, like, classic kid's book. It's, like, the one that every kid has on their bookshelf. Um, it's been around forever. Sweet little book. You know, it's it's all about good night moon and going to sleep, and it's a bedtime story. And it has some one-star reviews that are hilarious. You know, someone's like, well, this book hush you know the the lady in the rocking chair that's just weird and creepy like why is that lady in the why is that rabbit you know why are what about this balloon no one has a balloon in their room that's just weird and you know people were complaining about it and yeah there's always going to be a naysayer and so like you were saying six people said that's an awesome ad and one person's like yeah i'm not you know not a fan well Think about it. Those old television commercials for a while, it was in style to say, you know, four out of five dentists agree. This is like the best toothpaste ever. And when they would say four out of five dentists, that they were proud of that. They were like four out of five dentists like love our toothpaste. Yeah. Yes, we're, we're spending millions of dollars to tell you that. And so, you know, we're six out of seven. Love that Facebook ad. That's actually a really good number. And uh, she shouldn't have taken that to heart. I think she should have been excited.
0: Yeah, agreed. And going back to what you said earlier about people wanting things to be perfect, one thing one of my other mentors always says is that done beats perfect every time. You know, because you can always upgrade. Like in a grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal, but this graphic behind me. The first one, I made it myself on Canva, and it was just so, you could tell it wasn't professionally made, you you, you could tell, but I wanted something, so just like I'm in the office of my house, so I just didn't want my back wall as the background, so I wanted something, so I, so I just put it up there, and then this is actually the third edition, so then like I had another one made, but I had to shut up and grind, it was placed like directly behind me. So I have guests saying, like, oh, what's what's your logo say that I had to move out of the way so they can read it? so I was like, I have to get it to where I'm in the middle. You know, but you know, it, it's not like it really stopped anything. So as we get up here talking and we're pouring out and we're giving people our pouring out our experience, in the grand scheme of things, that didn't really matter what it looked like. But at least now right. now it's visible and now it looks more more professional and people can read it but it didn't start that way, you know, cause it was more important to get started. And then you can always upgrade, you know, cause like one of the worst things you, you can do is to go all in, all in, all in, all in, then you have no one to sell to.
1: Amen on a Wednesday. I agree. You absolutely need to get started and just start doing. Um, one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know who to attribute this to because um, I heard it once and it said anonymous, you know, and that's. but I memorized it because I was like, that is so true. And at first you don't understand what it means until you kind of think about it. But the quote is, uh, when you pray, move your feet. And the first time I heard that, I'm like, huh, pray feet, what? And then I realized it's really saying when you ask for things, when you pray, when you hope, when you dream, take some action to go with it. Can't just be this passive hoping and passive prayer and passive asking. You've got to do your part. You got to move your feet. You got to take some action. You have to make some plans. You know, take out a piece of paper, write something, because that's that's how you create. Is it? It has to go through this process. And if it yeah. doesn't live in your imagination and your mind first, then it doesn't exist and it it can't. It, like coming into existence, um, part of that process is going through your mind you have to see it first before you can create it
0: yes and people who watch watch the show all the time I always say you got to see it feel it then you can get it you know so v- vision you got to cast that vision you know the feeling comes from the believing part because that's where faith comes into play you know believing without seeing and then like what once, once you're there the way you can feel it then you'll take the necessary steps. And most people will use fitness as an example. They'll just say, "Oh, you know, I want to lose ten pounds," and but that's not that's not it. You say, "You know what? I've had that bathing suit in my dresser for five years, and damn it, I'm finally gonna get back into it. I can see myself laying on the beach in Mexico, sipping a pina colada, and then not, now your face lights up because like you're picturing that moment, and then now now that's right. You know what? Let's do this. Let me let, let me call Rob. I'm ready to come back." you know, and like that, that's how that happened. But if you just say, yeah, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Like it happens every January, every January, but besides this last January, you know, but Planet Fitness is packed full and by the first week in February, like over half of them people are gone.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's, let's talk about that because somehow, um, motivation for like a burst is easier for people for all of us to to grab and then but that like the sustainability of that motivation and sticking with it that is a little more difficult and i don't know you know we can talk about different ways to find that um you know to build habits there's a book atomic habits which is fantastic and it's all about habits and building on habits and using habits to change your life but um yeah, you're right. There's that phenomenon, the January fitness thing. Everyone hits the gym and is super excited and they made a resolution and, you know, they they sign up. And then why do they stop going in February? I mean, what do you think? Because you see that a lot.
0: Because because they didn't really want it in the beginning. That's what, like I, I kind of had it. I, I won't say had it out, but, you know, we had a debate yesterday at the gym where one of the women was saying, she's like, oh, I, I can't do virtual classes. She's like, it just doesn't do anything for, for me. I was like, oh, so sitting on your ass gaining weight does? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I was like, if, if your end if your end goal means enough to you, you will do whatever it takes to get it done. Now, for me, I was an athlete, so even now I train now at forty six for athletic performance because I, I still play sports, I still compete in track and field, I do obstacle races, so so but that is just an ongoing drive. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not peaks and valleys; like I don't have seasons. <laughs> you know, it's just year mm-hmm. round. I'm constantly doing stuff. So I don't, I don't train for the, for the physical look or to weigh a certain amount. When I step on the basketball court, regardless who I'm playing, I'm going to be able to hold my own. And that's, that's what fuels me moving forward. So in business, you know, like if you have kids to feed, if you had a house to pay for and car and significant other, and, you know, like that in itself should be enough for you to want to move forward. Like you said earlier, you know, people can work 12 hour days making somebody else rich. It's like, imagine if you put that effort into to you, do that, mm-hmm. for, do that for six months and then you'll never have to do it again.
1: Yeah. Some people are much better employees for others than they are their own worker. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say like, I want to be my own boss. I want to be my own boss. And that question is, do you want to be your own employee? I mean, do, would you hire you to do this job? Cause some people are starting a business and they're like, I don't know why I'm not making money. It's, it's taking a really long time to get off the ground. And then this is kind of sobering. But you know, I ask that person sometimes, well, look at what you do on a daily basis. And on a weekly basis, if you had hired someone to create your company, and they were going about it the way you're going about it, would you be happy with their performance? Or would you fire them? Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes people turn red in the face. And they're like, yeah, I just kind of putter around and I spend six hours doing internet research. Yeah, my boss would probably fire me if that's the way I was trying to build the business. And and then they realize, wow, you know, they've been a terrible employee and a terrible boss. They're their own boss, but they're not doing a great job at bossing themselves around and they're not doing a great job of working for themselves. And and, and then that's, sometimes that's all that it takes is just that perspective to say like, wow, if I had to prove myself to someone else, That I was doing this well and putting my best foot forward and working strategically and being productive, how would I do this business building in a way that would impress someone who was hired to supervise me? And sometimes that is what it takes as a kick in the pants of like, okay, I've got to, since I don't have anyone supervising myself, but myself, I have to really actually start scrutinizing my own self and evaluating myself the way I would an employee. You know, how did I do on customer service this week how did I do on marketing sales outreach where do I need to delegate because I'm just not a five-star you know superstar in that area yep. if you're terrible at making sales calls but sales calls are really necessary for your business model hire someone to do the sales calls yeah and, and then do the thing you love and that you're great at
0: yeah one thing my business coach says to, to all of us he always says how many people did you ask to, to, to buy your products today He's like, he's like, that's directly dependent on your income. He's like, if you didn't ask anyone to buy, no one buy bought. <laughs> you know, so he's like, if you ask ten people and you sell one, okay. If you ask twenty people, you know, you might sell sell two or four, whatever it is. He's like, but if if you're not putting offers out there, you're not making any money. But I want to paint a quick picture for the audience, because like. I know when when I was an employee, I, I thought making a hundred thousand dollars was like insane. It's like, you know, that's like, you know, rich people money. And then when I started the business, we really weren't even trying. You know, like the goal the goal for the first year was to hit six figures. And and we hit it at the end of May. <laughs> you know, we had the end of May. And that was doing gym memberships. So so now on the more coaching side, because like I I paid a pretty penny to To learn what I've what I've learned, and so now now like I think I know enough to where I can start giving back, and so you know going through the exercise with my coach, I'm like all right, so so how much would you like like to to, to make you know in the short term? Said all right, let's say half a million. He's like, well, how much is that per week? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, well, you don't want to make that much then. He's like, if you want to make that much, you will know how much it is per month, per week, per day. You know, you just have to break that down, and so we broke it down. Is that all right, So now, how many how many things will you have to sell per per month? And so I was like, well, it depends. I said, well, what's what's your price point? So anyway, Tway, he's like, do you have a five thousand dollar product? And I was like, no. He's like, could could you get one? I was like, I'm sure I could. He said, like, yeah. So if you find ten people to give you five thousand dollars a month, you'll have your half a million by the end of the year. I was like, hmm, because like you're thinking like, oh, this one has millions of followers. This one has millions of fans. This one, mil- So so you're thinking millions, millions, millions. He's like, no, you just need 10 people per month to pay you $5,000. <laughs> and then you're a half a millionaire. I was like, wow.
1: <laughs> I know. It's the simple math, too, because, uh, you know, in high school and we learn all the complicated math or algebra, all these things we probably never use again. Yeah. But really it's the simple you don't need to be you don't need to know calculus to figure out what to price your product um, and and what you'll make given certain numbers this is all easy math it's all calculator math right yeah and that's exactly true if you break down a goal into even in real estate we do it um, a lot because in real estate you have what's called a pro forma which is basically an excel spreadsheet that says hey for this piece of property if you put this amount down and you factor in this much vacancy and this much for maintenance and here's the property tax and here's all, you know, it's simple math. Here's what the return on that investment will be. And then you can figure out whether it's worth it or not. And uh, working backwards, other people ask sometimes how many properties or what does my portfolio need to look like in order to retire on X amount per month of, you know, passive income at that point and passive income is a misnomer, right? Because it doesn't mean that it's always passive and it doesn't mean that it was passively built up. Usually when people talk about passive income, it's something that took a lot of time, energy and care and expertise and, um, and hard work sometimes at the beginning to set it up. And then after that, there is more of a passive stream of income that comes later. So, you know, never make that mistake of saying, well, I'm, I'm out there looking for something 100% passive. Um, there may be some some things, you know, you can buy some dividend performing stocks and that's pretty passive because you just buy it. I mean, that doesn't take a whole lot of time or energy and then it'll you know give you back. But the returns are usually higher on things where you put in um, a little bit of work up front. And so um, you know, someone would say, what do I need to make? And it's pretty easy math. And they just need to kind of work it out backwards.
0: Yep. Reverse engineer. Yeah. My my daughter, my daughter, who's 18, she actually just had a, well, she's been buying stuff on Amazon constantly. And so I told her, I was like, are you aware that you can make money from, from, from Amazon? She's like, no, how? Like they have an entire associate program. And so, Couple of weeks goes by, and uh, I come home from from the first round at the gym, and she's like, "Come here." I was like, "What's up?" Like she she found someone on fiber, built her built her uh, an, a, a complete associate website loaded with things she she picked uh, the home decor niche, and the website came out beautiful. <laughs> I was looking through it, I was like, "Did you do all this?" She's like, "No." She's like, "You know, someone from I think the Philippines, I want to say, made it for her." And I was like, how much did you pay for this? Cause the website was beautiful. And she said this is 70 bucks, 70 dollars. And now we're gonna run traffic to it and she's gonna have a passive stream of income at 18 years old. You know, and like and I, I just share that to let people know it doesn't always have to be some big, huge entrepreneurial idea. And there's also right. affili- yeah, there's also affiliate marketing out there. Like um I just linked linked up with, with, with someone who's who's got great products and I and I, I believe in her, you know, a hundred percent over and over and over. So I would gladly promote her without getting paid for it. But if she's gonna pay me for it, I mean <laughs> you know, but you can do do that just promoting other people's products. Like there's there's so many different ways that that this can be done.
1: So many different ways. That's why I love my podcast because I interview people who have come up with their own magic sauce. And there's no um, there's no best business. People are like, what's the best business for passive income? It's like, there's no best business. Pick the one that you like because you can do this so many different ways. I mean, it'd be like you asking me, um, you know, you're going to a salad bar restaurant, which by the way, those are probably gone. <laughs> no more buffet, no more salad <laughs> bars. So yeah. if if this is being listened to, you know, 10 years from now and it, and you don't know what a salad bar is because they've been gone for 10 years, it used to be this like thing where all the ingredients were set out in nice little containers and people would walk down the line and kind of take a spoon and grab a little bit here, a little bit there and create their salad. Again, post-COVID world, probably gone for good. But um, if you were to ask me, hey, hey, where's what's the perfect salad? We'd look at you like, I, I don't know, well, what are your goals? And do you want to, do you like are you allergic to nuts? If so, then don't put those sunflower seeds on your salad. You know, But we, we would say it's kind of a create your own adventure. Like Make it what you want it to be. And it's the same thing with business. There's so much you can do. And on my podcast, I have business owners who do all kinds of things, come on and talk about how they got started, how they went in that direction. One that comes to mind, um, because it was so unusual, but it was so interesting to dive into her business is Elaine Haney. She uh, designs... T-shirt design. So each morning um, on her, you know, a few times a week, she'll wake up, she'll do a little research and she'll come up with like a funny saying or some sort of a niche T-shirt or something that's very now and put up the design that she can create on her phone with a little app, you know, very easy. Most of it's just text and maybe a couple images Um, on Amazon. She never has any stock, no inventory. If it doesn't sell zero lost, right? Um, It just doesn't sell and uh, she's created this huge portfolio of t-shirt designs on Amazon and that is her income and that's what she does for work and she works you know just in the morning an hour or two and that's it done wow. for the day uh can go ride her horse you know the rest of the day and it's just fantastic but people and that's that's a lane and then you know there's someone else and he does he's an air traffic controller and then in his spare time he invests in apartment buildings um on his off hours really and it's it's so fascinating to kind of see how everybody goes down that salad bar of life and like puts together a different combination of, but they're thoughtful about it and that's the key. You have to be strategic, you have to be thoughtful. You cannot um, let everyone's expectations dictate what you should do.
0: That's key, that is so, so key. That's, I believe that is module five in my, in my coaching program is assessing your support system because, you know, so many times people goes back to what we were saying earlier that you can't please everyone. And that goes within, within the family as well. And so when I first started into fitness, you know, my now ex, she was pregnant, pregnant with twins, you know, when I lost my job as a manager. And so I was kind of at my wits end anyway from everything I was saying earlier, just missing everything in the hours. So I was like, good, you know, I can, I can pursue this fitness thing full time now. And she, she was not fully on board. And now at this time, no, mind you, I told you uh, I'm, I was a college dropout. So it's like, I don't, I do not really have like a marketing background or a business back. I didn't have any of that stuff. So I I've learned it since, but I, but I said, but I learned a lot in the restaurant. So I learned a lot. Like I learned how to do income statements and profit and loss sheets and hiring, firing, HR practices. like, I actually have a lot, a lot more in the arsenal than I thought I did. And I'm only sharing that just for the listeners. A lot of times people think that they have to go and just learn all this new stuff. Like what you want to do, it's already there. Like you may, not, you may not know it yet, but it's already there. And as I do these podcasts, and I know I was on your show as well, but when I do these podcasts and I get people's backstories, typically they wanted to do something, someone didn't approve, they fell into something else, they had the turning point, and now they're kind of doing something along the lines of what they wanted to do. <laughs> you know, so it's already there.
1: <laughs> roundabout. Yeah, I mean, full circle. And, and that often happens. And, um, and the thing is, we change too. So that's that's the, the really tricky part of it all is we change. So I'll give you an example. For a really long time, I thought or, you know, I believed with all my heart, one of my goals was to, um, this is going to sound funny because you're going to be like, come on, Flavia, you're not seven years old. To own a horse, you know, the the like, right. I want a pony. Yeah, something ha- probably happened to me when I was a little kid, and I wanted a pony. And you know, we lived in the city, and I never got a pony. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, you know, someday when I'm grown up, and I can do what I want, I have my own money, I'm gonna get a horse. And that kind of stuck with me past kidhood into adulthood. And and then I always thought, well, yeah, yeah. Someday, you know, I'll be established in my career. And this is just something that would be great to do. I mean, you know, now I'm a grown-up. I understand you don't just own a horse, put it in your backyard. Um, you have to stable it somewhere if you live in the city and you know, but it can be done. It's, you know, something people do. And I loved riding and I took riding lessons. And and you know what? I I sort of missed the boat on that because it took so long to get it was always something to do in the future. It was never quite the right time but i'll be honest with you i don't want it anymore Mm -hmm. you know maybe being a parent or um you know it's just a different time in my life the idea of having this huge thousand pound animal that i'm responsible for feeding and uh, veterinary care and you know riding it often and keeping it at a stable and it does not appeal to me anymore like the dream has actually changed and so we change so don't assume that your dreams will be the same in 10 or 20 years as they are today. You, The thing you want today, maybe you should go get it today because then you get to experience that right at the time when it's like your big dream, something you really would enjoy because you may not actually want that same thing later. You know, I know people are like, I just want to like, you know, live abroad and, you know, pick a really warm, sunny, tropical place and, uh, you know, sit my drink in a hammock on the beach. And you want it so bad. And so you're making all these huge plans so you can get there in 10 years or 15 years. You may not actually want that in 10 or 15 years. Maybe you should go and do that now for three months. So then you'll have that memory and you'll do it right when it's a fresh goal and you're excited about it. And then um, check it off the list, you know, because you'll change. We all change.
0: That's true. True. And, um, and also because time isn't guaranteed to anyone. You Good know, point. So, so to yeah. do it, just do it now while you can, like, um, I donated a kidney to my sister when I was 38 and, and th- throughout that whole process, cause it took a year and a half for the whole thing. Cause uh, she caught a virus and, uh, we had to wait yeah. till, the, till the virus was fully out of her system to, to do the transplant. So in that year and a half <laughs> that we had to reflect upon everything yeah. is like, it's, that was when I really felt my, my own mortality. No, yeah. and, and so like once once the surgery was w- was done, she's she's doing great now. You know, I'm healed. I was like, I'm I'm not doing something I don't want to do ever again. Like I'm I'm just not, and I'm gonna start doing all the things I want to do, things I've been putting off. Like I want to try pa- parasailing. I you know just like I'm I'm a thrill seeker, so it's like you know I want to zip line in in the Rockies, and and I and I've done all that so far, and it's just like you just never know. You know, so it's like your your time is now. This is the only time you have is right now, <laughs> you know?
1: Oh, so true. Right now. Um, another good book that's so philosophical, almost to the point of being a little bonkers as you read it, but it's, it's a great book and has a good message, is uh, The Power of Now. And uh, spoiler alert, basically it's an entire book that really helps you realize that we the past is just lives in in recorded you know memory cells in your i mean it's just the past is gone it is actually gone the future does not exist the future is this void of possibility but it it doesn't exist the only moment you you really are living is the current moment
0: yeah 2020 like, proved that
1: yeah the beginning of our conversation today Yep. It's already just memories and a recording that that lives, but we are not there anymore. I'm I'm not that person. I am the person now, you know, an hour later. This, this is my moment. Like, this is life right now, saying these words, staring at you, and then that moment just passes because those words are already gone. And the future, like you said, is unknown. We can't count on it. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. Um, and the power of now, the book kind of basically says, a lot of people get stuck in either the past or the present. And everyone's different. You know those people that just keep rehashing old memories yes. and old and a lot of times old hurts and you know uh bad memories and it just they're living in the past. They're just focused on those memories. They're just replaying them over and over and over again in their mind. Yeah. Which basically doesn't let those memories die because they're fresh, they're in your mind this moment. So they're you keep giving them new life every minute that you think of them. And then other people live in the future they, they're just not even paying attention to what's the current moment. You know, Their kids like, hey, can you play with me? And they're just kind of like, later, later, later. And they're planning their day for tomorrow or they're that ne- next sales call or the presentation coming up or what they're doing for their client next week. And they're living in the future at the expense of enjoying the moment, you know, which is just a tragedy.
0: Absolutely. All right. So we've got a couple minutes left. So just take a, Take us through through what, what you're doing now. How can people get in touch with you?
1: Sure. So um, as I said, I'm doing a mix right now. I have some online uh, courses. I teach landlording for California landlords at landlordprep.com. Uh, landlordprep.com is a place to get templates and tools and tutorials from someone who's been a do-it-yourself landlord, as well as an attorney and a property manager and a broker um, for since 07 for all the licenses. But I was a do-it-yourself landlord for long before I was licensed. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. If you want to be a guest on my podcast, which is Lifestyle Solopreneur, The qualifications are that you make a full-time income from part-time work somehow, and that you've figured out how to not uh, be a workaholic. Maybe you're challenged, um, and it's a a work in progress. Maybe you've um, found that great balance for yourself. Let's talk about that. Let's have a conversation about that on my podcast. Um, I'd love to have you apply to be a guest. And that's at lifestylesolopreneur.com. And um, my one-to-one services are still legal work. Uh, Baris law, B E R Y S law.com is where people can go to see if I'm the right fit, um, to help them create a business legally, you know, LLC formation, uh, contracts, all that, all that detail stuff. I actually still get a real kick out of doing legal work. I haven't ever decided to uh, give up the one-to-one stuff. I still find it great. And I know you do too. I mean, you still love yeah. working one-on-one with people. It's, yes. um. I get a lot out of that, a lot of satisfaction.
0: Yeah. One thing where my my former business coach and I, where we would clash because he's like, you know, if you really want your business to grow, he's like, you can't work in the business. You got to work on the business. I'm like, but I love to coach. That's That's the part I like. I don't want to be sitting in my office making phone calls all day. I want to be helping people crush their goals. You know, it's like right. so that. That's why I started this. <laughs> you know, I want to be involved right. in the mix. Yeah, like I don't want to be at be at home. You know, p- you know, typing on the keyboard. And so, like, we were just constantly going back back and forth on that. I was like, I'm doing well. I said, I'm not trying to be the richest gym owner on earth. You know, it's like it's like I I, I can pay all, I can pay all the bills. Like I got it down but I want to be in the fire. That's, that's just just <laughs> it's just how I am. You know, and so doing something like this, what w- since I started the podcast like, this is, this is mine. This is mine. Like, I get to do the fun part. I get to talk to people and, 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 you know, learn, learn their backstories and you make connections. Like, I actually have a connection for you that uh, we can talk when, when we go off life. But, um, but that's, that's the beauty of, of all this. You know, it's like, we don't sit here just to, just to hear each other talk. You know, it's like, you right. can learn some about me. I learn some about you. The audience learns learns more about both of us. And the 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 key thing that you said, and and I love this because I can't stand when people just feel like they can help everyone. Where you said, and let's see if I'm the right fit to help you. Like I love that. I love that message because that's what what I say. I I know I'm damn good at what I do, but as I said earlier, styles matter you know yeah. it definitely, definitely mm-hmm. matters like if you're someone who's passive and you have someone that needs a foot in their tail you know that's not a good that's not a good fit and then vice versa as i said i'm pretty brash you know so like not everyone can take my my style of accountability so you know you got to find out who's your right, right fit Yep. Yeah. all right absolutely so us- and you know
1: for the- Go ahead. Go ahead. no that's not the truth bomb i agree
0: All right. So give us a final word.
1: Um, Final word is, uh, don't forget, when you pray, move your feet. Let's get Uh, things done. Take some action today.
0: Absolutely. So I know I said final word, but that just reminded me of a call I had yesterday where the woman was saying that she was praying for, for, uh, what's the word she used? Um, Basically, she was praying for her business. And I was like, the prayer was already answered. You have a business. Said so it's up to you to build it. <laughs> you know, I was like, what do you think? God's gonna make make wave the magic wand and clients are gonna come flying your way? <laughs> it's like it's like, no, you were blessed with having the business. So like now it's up to you to make it blossom.
1: I know. I'll share one last story because it's right along those lines, and maybe yeah. it'll impact someone because it's it's funny, it's humorous, and uh so maybe it'll hit the message will hit, but Um, somebody uh, every day prayed to win the lottery every single day would wake up and say dear God please 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 help me win the lottery dear God please 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 help me win the lottery and uh, you know after a whole year of this daily prayer finally a voice answers and the voice says will you please go buy a ticket (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> i've heard that one that's awesome <laughs> all right perfect way way to sign off so um thank you very much for joining us and for those listening thank you for tuning in if you joined in late go back to the beginning and watch the whole thing because has got a lot of a lot of good info was dropped for you today flavia thank you very much and i'll talk to you in the green room
1: bye everyone have a great rest of your day
0: all right bye right thank you guys for tuning in so again we discussed how to make a full-time income on part-time work it's it's a real thing it can happen there's so many different ways to get it done and so if uh anything with flavia resonated with you you know just uh, i took it off the screen i'm sorry make sure you reach out to her here lifestylesolopreneur.com talk to her see what you guys come up with and then you never know it might be the right fit All right, so that's all I have for you. I am back on Friday with Dr. Jody, who will be going inside America's minds. So have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.